1: the cellos for here come the dreamers tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos let us get to it and do it up right welcome the dreamers with all
0: welcome to dream farm radio my name is julie lavender and i'm sitting in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling new hampshire fields of dream farm I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination and join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. Today, we'll
2: welcome fantastic, independent, eclectic jazz musicians to play live music for us, share their recordings, and talk about what inspires them. We'll touch their dreams as we open our ears and our hearts, listening intently to the fresh jazz expressions they unleash. And you never know, Dream Farm Radio just might inspire you to fulfill a creative passion or two of your very own. Welcome everyone, my guest today at Dream Farm. Our is the fretful <laughs> Porcupine, which apparently is more than a band name, it is a way of life. Jake Armerding on mandolin violin guitar and kevin gosa on the saxophones welcome guys thank
3: you thank you for having us
2: so why do you call yourselves the fretful porcupine and what is the way of life that that you are embracing in this
3: well we can't tell you that
2: <laughs> you'd have to kill me
4: you'd, <laughs> no, you'd be in a the band if you knew so
3: it is it is a shakespearean reference it's it's uh, buried pretty deep but the more the more we played with um the name, the more it seemed to fit for reasons that I, I can't exactly define, but but it it just seemed to work for us. And and it's almost as if once we had that name, the music that we were composing and writing became more and more fretful and more and more porcupined. So we, we kind of grew into the name.
2: <laughs> you opine about the porcupine, my guess is. Coming out of that is going to flow this unique duo kind of expression, and I've invited them to Dream Farm because you have some interesting elements <clears throat> that are being blended together. You've got um, the, the, ma- the mandolin and the violin, which are maybe tra- traditionally more folkish, mm-hmm. bluegrass, and then you've got the saxophone, which brings in um, jazz elements as well as blues and so forth. So I kind of found it, your duo intriguing. Thanks. And I don't care what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's kind of cool and and uh, you're right it is having heard you now i can see how it could be a way of life but the way your music is described is um that uh, you guys brew finely crafted root chamber music made of saxophones wires and wood so i was unpacking chamber music is intimate live music right in a classical orientation
4: uh there's there's an organization called chamber music america and uh, they define chamber music as um two or more players without a conductor okay so yeah, if, you have, if you we don't have a conductor we're two people
3: we are two or more we're, people. We're,
4: we're technically it's technically chamber music it's a very open definition that we felt like
2: well it sounds better it. than two guys jamming it's kind of a whole other level of respect for what you do Mm-hmm. Well, right. it's about chamber, the finely
4: crafted nature of it. I mean, chamber music. The assumption with chamber music is that it's it is honed. It's professional. It's high time class. Put in. It's high class, and we're not we're not above being low class when it's when it suits us. Oh no, uh, which is actually most of the time. It's a But there are those rare moments when we brow. want to be fine, fine.
2: And no, I sense the honed work. quality of what you do. I really, I really do. And then I was asking roots music.
3: Well, um, I think that's the sort of the yang to. Um, to chambers, yin in that you know roots sounds a little more down home. Typically, um, you know, we're we're far far away from a conductor at this point. You know, uh, <coughs> roots music is made on back porches and it's made in dance halls and it's made it's kind of made anywhere. Whereas I, not there's not that much chamber music I think that's that's made on, on back porches. So although guess, there ought to be. Well, right. yeah, I mean, it perhaps. It should absolutely. be. But maybe, I, I thought, maybe we'll revolutionize that.
2: Well, and I liked how you were explaining that roots really has to do with American roots. Mm-hmm. So what is it, what is really unique to the American musical experience, the bluegrass, the jazz, and um, what else?
4: <clears throat> I mean, blues, elements of Dixieland. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of little that. And a lot of that comes out of my saxophone tradition, embraces a lot of those styles. And so I'm um, familiar and sometimes fluent, sometimes fretful about the about the (laughs) style but uh, when we put them together what we want to do is we want to take really finely crafted refined music and make it available and accessible and tangible for people in a roots way and the roots is very open it's very inviting it's very communal and chamber music has a reputation at least in the latter half of the 20th century maybe much longer than that um, of being exclusive and...
3: Uh, and uh. We're bringing snooty music to the common man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I like that, especially at Dream Farm. So we want everyone to get an, an example of what that is because I think this was the first tune that I ever heard you guys uh, play, at least on the website Mm thefretfulporcupine.com and it's called the porcupine shuffle and folks you're going to hear some elements of jazz and bluegrass and chamber music all kind of wrapped together and at dream farm we like that eclectic thing so i'm wanting to introduce this song and have you play it for our audience how does
4: that sound
3: great perfect
2: Okay, so with that uh, little teaser, we're going to take a short break. I'm Julie Lavender. You're listening to Dream Farm Cafe Radio with my special guest, the fretful porcupine. And we will be right back.
5: Bye. Yeah.
2: Welcome back everyone, I'm Julie Lavender, your host for Dream Farm Cafe, and my special guest today is our, the Fretful Porcupine, a very interesting duo, Jake Armerding on mandolin, guitar, violin, and Kevin Gosa on the saxophones. Now you guys met when you had to be a wedding band, but then the rest just evolved into this really unique duo. How do you describe what it is that you do?
4: Very carefully. <laughs> um, well, I thought you, in the earlier segment, I thought you described it really well because you took it from our website. So that's uh, helpful. Oh, yeah. That's so actually, right. you described it really so well. So actually, actually, I described it really well. Well, I'm talking about impractical purposes. You're talking about impractical. A, I
2: see. We like to talk about the creative process and how people generate new things or... From bits yeah. of old things well, and other things, sometimes. a lot of what we
4: do is improvised. I mean, I think the I think the root of our collaboration is an improvisation. Uh, the the first first tune that was on the show tonight was one that we improvised in Jake's old apartment in Queens many years ago, and just started literally jamming, playing together, playing around, and out of that this tune emerged. And and we thought, wow, that's a weird process, you know. Usually usually you'd sit down with a concrete melodic idea in your head or a chord progression that you were thinking of, or if you were a classical composer, you maybe set up some other kind of parameters. But we just started playing music together in in real time in the same space, and this song grew out of it. Uh, And so that's kind of been our guiding process ever since to really drive everything out of improvising together, uh, because there's something just spontaneous and um, uncontrollable about improvisation because while at the same time you think you have a grasp on it um, it's elusive it's, so you're always kind of chasing it at the same time so, and that that quality is, is really exciting So when you
2: come back and say now we have a tune is that because something in the improvisation was weighty enough that it, that it sort of grounded you then because there was something a, a theme that you kept coming back to
3: I think so we'll, we'll just hear um maybe a part of the improvisation that we especially like and so we'll have to
2: remember what it was
3: well yeah which is sometimes difficult (laughs) yeah i would think so yeah i mean we i don't i don't think either of us remembers anything we play in our live improvisations you know in in front of an audience when you're
2: creating a tune ahead or something but when we're when we're
3: creating um often one of us will play something that the other will hear like i I, I don't know if this is true for Kevin, but I, I kind of hear what he's doing in a more analytical way than I hear what I'm doing. And so he'll play something that he won't probably even realize very definitively as as an interesting phrase or something like that. It just sort of occurred to him and he plays it and he's already, his brain has moved on to the next phrase. But I hear it and I think, oh, we could use that and, and maybe repeat it a few times and then go to this other thing or whatever. So I, mm-hmm. I sort of pick up on that. And I think that the same would be true of him, hearing mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. stuff that I'm doing. Well, just yeah.
2: listening to you, I notice that there's definitely a question and answer, responding mm-hmm. back and forth, and then there are ideas that that then you seem to quickly assess the other person's intent and go with it together. It's mm-hmm. interesting, just having listening to you warm up, which kind of makes me think that maybe now would be a good time for you to demonstrate improvisation. Actually, it's, yeah, yeah, it's probably what do you think fair to for see. for our group
3: seems efficient. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, because we've talked about it, and I think people will be able to hear the themes and, and the way that you think as you improvise now that we've kind of talked about it a little bit. So yeah. what do you think? Want to jump off on the deep end? Sounds great. It. And what, w- got any ideas about what you want to call an improvisation today?
4: Well, we, we have a tradition of uh, always improvising a tune from absolute zero, from scratch. No prearranged ideas. We just start playing and conversing together. We always name it after the place, and we're particularly fond of the sandwiches that um, you provided for lunch, which we're grateful for. Good. We like
3: the, to source our titles locally. Right,
4: right. <laughs> like our food. Like our and, food. And this particular food happened to be clothed in a delicious slice of marble rye.
2: Okay, so?
3: So this is improvisation on marble rye.
4: All right, let's see
2: how it turns out. Well, I think that you would agree that was sort of a marbled improvisation. <laughs> Lots of different things in there, blues, bluegrass, jazz, and also some fugal elements,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I remember. No genre
3: is safe. No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of which, I wanting to know what you guys can do with the blues because it's interesting that um, different types of players will approach the blues differently. Jazz musicians will approach the blues in one way. And clearly the fretful porcupine is going to have a unique take on that. So tell us about what what we're going to hear this
3: time. All right. We um, knew that we needed a blues. And and, um, as touring musicians, as working musicians, being on the road, um, we uh, are always on the lookout for good pancakes. (laughs) You know, as you might expect. Oh, yeah. Um, The best pancakes in the country, I don't know if you... Know this, but they're they're located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and this tune is is um, is sort of a shout out to a, a tiny little establishment in the college section, the the university section of of Minneapolis, called Dinky Town, and the restaurant is called al's Breakfast, and it's this it's this dining car that's that's I don't know maybe eight feet wide or something like that. And, and it sits 14 people and the, the people are seated on stools and the stools don't move. And then the people who are waiting actually stand behind them for them to finish their breakfast. That's how small it is.
2: Is it actually a railroad car?
3: It is, I, I believe. Or or it's modeled on the dimensions mm-hmm. of one. But it mm-hmm. is
4: sandwiched between other buildings. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, so it's, it's in right. an alley, basically. Wow.
3: Kind of kind of plopped in there. Um the tune we decided to call "Long Stack of Blues," and, and that that is a reference to a menu item at Al's Breakfast, which is four blueberry pancakes. I mean, it's difficult to finish these pancakes, and uh, I think that's why it's called the Long Stack of Blues. And all the got.
2: elements come together in a plate full of goodness. So let's hear it.
3: The okay. Long Stack of Blues. <laughs>
2: you've just heard the long stack of blues by the fretful porcupine and they are um jake armording and kevin gosa we're going to take a quick break and hear more of them i'm julie lavender this is dream farm cafe
0: radio
5: Monday, but Tuesday's just
1: as bad.
0: Welcome
2: back everyone. I'm Julie Lavender and you're listening to Dream Farm Cafe and my special guests today are Jake Armerding and Kevin Gosa, the duo The Fretful Porcupine, blending roots music, cha- chamber music, jazz, bluegrass on a, a couple of woody, stringed, wiry instruments, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and now I, I did notice you have some vocal Ideas going, and I wondered if we could expand on that and I could add some vocals and some piano to the duo.
4: Absolutely. And we could all fret like
2: together. What do you think?
4: Yeah, sounds welcoming. Actually. I'm a
2: little anxious, actually. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now you're the fretful. I'm sure that will be the porcupine. It works okay, out.
2: yeah, I'll be the fretful. You'll be the porcupine. Um, something simple. This tune, um, Holly Cole came up with a kind of cool arrangement of Trust in Me, which I Added a little of my own flair too, and it's got space in there for you each to add some textures to the the sound. And so, what do you think?
3: All right, sounds great. Let's give it a Let's do it.
2: Okay.
1: trust in me close your eyes trust in me Can't you see?
2: cool. I love to add a little piano and a little vocal to what you guys do.
4: We had fun. Thanks for making that possible. Does
2: that mean I get to go on the road with you now?
4: Well, it's a pretty it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty it, tough life. It's
2: well, a, I'm just, I'm just how, angling how, how for the pancakes. pancakes. Can, yeah, I was That's saying, how many
4: pancakes can you handle? I, I,
2: Are you a pancake visual, connoisseur? <laughs> right? Yes, I we am. We have certain uh, standards that okay. we need to abide by. All right. Well, you know, when we were ch- uh, chatting before the, the show began, you opened up a can of worms, Kevin, because you were talking. I was saying, well, what kind of CDs are you doing, and how can we tell the audience about them? And you mentioned that you have some strong convictions about recordings, digital media, so forth. I find that really intriguing. you want to open up that can a little bit for our audience?
4: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> the question will be, can we get the worms back in the can when I'm done? Um, you know, it, it really began as a practical problem for us because this. when you're starting a new musical adventure, I mean, you don't have a lot of resources and we didn't have a lot of resources, but it it takes so much to create a recording now, even though, even though I know you can do it really easily at your home, to really do it well and to really do it professionally and to capture the essence of our instruments on recording, you need the kind of setup you have here and it's just not something that is easily available to a, a fledgling ensemble. And then we do all this improvising, we do all this spontaneous that music that is a part of a moment in time that we feel is really important. It's very real, it's personal, it's a conversation, it's a relationship. And we just started realizing that, I don't know if those things can be captured by just a regular MP3 recording, even like you know high quality wave file type recording. I don't know if that, all that really translates. There's aspects of a song or music that can be you know, transferred in that manner, but the relational aspect, the, the physical aspect of music, the, the sound waves in real space and in real time, touching an audience as it goes forth from the musicians, uh, it's a product of, of their creativity and, and their humanness. Those, I think those things are, are sometimes easily lost in, in recordings, and particularly because of the way we treat recordings now as terribly disposable um, basically free, or 99 cents, or free as a sort of a means to get an email or get somebody on your list, so that you can then communicate with them. And those are all practical problems as well. And it's not to, you know, um, vilify anyone who's choosing to go that route. We just saw potential for the because of the uniqueness of what we're doing, at least uniqueness as we believe we have it, uh, to to try to blaze a different trail and see what we could do that might challenge some of that and maybe rekindle. Uh, some fire for the need and the importance and the distinctiveness of live music mm-hmm. in contrast to recorded music so that they can both be appreciated and valued for what they offer. That's substantially different from maybe the way we do it now, which is assume it's all the same Well, uh, recording us the same as live or, you know, mm-hmm. what that, they, that the songs are actually different live and they're special and they're, they only happen in that one moment in time and then they're gone. It's ephemeral. It just disappears. And, and that limitation that, that, um, and humanness and brevity is something that I think we really want to explore with our art to to explore those questions and those issues. And so
2: you're careful to put things on YouTube a lot, which which catalog a live experience as opposed to just digital. You know, yeah, kind the, of YouTube
4: shows you the moment in time it, it shows you that, mm-hmm. that there was other people there that there was a space that was involved and, and there was just everything about it, what clothes we were wearing, all those things actually contribute mm-hmm. to the performance in addition to the audience itself becomes part of the music because sound is a, is in a way a sculpture of time and space mm-hmm. and whatever else is in the space in which you are sculpting becomes part of the sculpture and so these improvisations that, that we do like the one we did earlier are, are sort of artistic statements about that, mm-hmm. about the, that we, we can never play Marble Rye again, because we don't, it was just for here, just for this show, just for this space and time. And, you know, and YouTube is a great way to it share it that a little bit. It, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And you mentioned that things are actually less valuable. Music is less valuable. People want high quality music and they don't want to pay for yeah. it. And then they have so much of it that it doesn't necessarily, uh, require anything of them like it does to go to a concert sit and participate and give your ears to someone mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was a very important point that you made um so I guess you're challenging that in thinking about very carefully what you record and what you don't record what is you know live and in valuing the live experience
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just well, and when we record, we want to do something that is maybe something we can never do live. They use recording as a as a medium for the creation of an artifact that can only exist in that form because we're, we're limited, mm-hmm. but it's not.
2: And that's one thing we love about Dream Farm because we do a lot of live performing and we try to capture in the radio show an experience of sharing something and kind of to end your musical expression here today I was hoping you would end um, with another one of your originals and ironically it's called Invocation in B-flat which is something you do at the beginning you pray Mm -hmm. that it'll all turn out okay (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's turned out well so let's turn it into a benediction and have you guys play this song what do you think
4: great sounds terrific
2: Because you're going to really want to engage with the guys from the Fretful Porcupine because they're raising some essential questions about the value of music and whether people in a distracted, digital, throwaway culture can really engage with music on a deeper level. So they're blogging, they're talking, they're doing concerts in colleges where people are are, um, asking questions and they're conversing. So you're going to want to go to thefretfulporcupine.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm at uh, Dream Farm cafe.com welcome and come back and we'll talk to you again soon guys great Uh, thank you to our engineer don richardson and our uh, photographer jenny wheeler i'm julie lavender thanks for listening